Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Let's be honest, stepping out in faith is scary and fear is always going to be there. It's never really going to go away because it's 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 part of our flesh. Like we don't want to we don't want to move unless we absolutely have to. And I think sometimes too um, the enemy uses that against us. Uh, there's certain things that he knows that if we were to do it, um, it would bring glory to God. It would bring glory to his kingdom. So it's best for that fear to keep us keep us back. Um, but for me, it's saying yes. It's constantly saying yes to God. Hi, I'm Mike Tom. Colleen Hood is off today. A great conversation in store for us about stepping out, not just stepping out. Our guest today leapt out in faith, and she's sharing with us that journey and how you can do the same to impact the world with the good news of Jesus. Ellen Pierre-Louis will join us today and tell us how she went from living in a small town in rural Ontario to the country of Haiti all alone. Well, let's start here, Ellen. Um, The first thing that happened to me as I pulled up your info sheet this morning as I started singing Tragically Hip to myself, where are you from? (laughs) Bob Cajun originally. <laughs> I didn't know that was a real town. <laughs> yeah, I know. It surprises most people because it's like this little itty bitty place in Ontario. And then somebody will ask me, where are you from? Bob Cajun. And they'll say, that sounds awfully familiar. But I'm like, it's a song. <laughs> you know, the song. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit about growing up uh, and life uh, early on in life. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like I said, I grew up in small town, Bob Cage in Ontario. Um, my parents uh, were backslidden Christians until I was about 10 years old. Um, and my mom came back to the Lord um, around that time and started taking us to church. There's four of us uh, kids all together. So that's when I was first introduced to Christianity and church. And um, I'm the youngest of four. So I was kind of straggled along behind everybody else and watched what they were doing. Um, and it wasn't until I was probably about in my teenage years that I had a conversation with my mom and sat down and realized I certainly believed and knew um, who Jesus and God was, but I hadn't actually really fully taken on the um, relationship aspect of it. I think I just kind of, as the youngest child, just kind of went through and, and watched everybody else do it and, and knew that it was right, but I didn't understand how do I make that personal for myself. So um, all that credit goes to my mother for sitting down with me and realizing, what is she doing? I don't think she's really going down the right <laughs> So yeah, I uh, loved growing up in the country, loved, uh, you know, um, growing up in a, in a big family. And, and we had a music ministry as, as a family as well throughout my childhood. So that was always fun and exciting. Yeah. Wow. So from like nothing to jump fully in on it, what was that like for you as a 10 year old where you've had a whole decade of life, right? No church, no faith. And then all of a sudden it's your life basically. Yeah, it it was, um, it was interesting because I think my mother was also on a, a faith journey herself. So we went to a lot of different kinds of churches. We went from very conservative to very, um, you know, outgoing churches. Um, and so I kind of got to see it all. <laughs> and um, I enjoyed it. I, I loved the fellowship. I loved meeting new people. I loved singing. And that was something that was really big in our family. So we always, you know, would sing at different churches. And I was um, you know, getting into my teenage years, so lots of youth groups. So I enjoyed it, and it was um, not a huge change. I mean, my my parents, even though they were backslidden, they still, you know, 
kept the morals and get, you know, it, it make sure that we knew who God was, but it wasn't something that was really implemented until I was a bit older. Yeah. Very interesting. So as a teenager, when you finally came to understand that relationship aspect of faith, yeah. What, what happened inside you? How did it change for you? How did your faith grow? Yeah. So um, I remember the day my mom came to me and she said, you know what, Ellen, I think we need to sit down and have a little chat. And I said, okay. And she asked me, you know, do you really understand, um, you know, what Jesus did for you? Do you really understand, um, you know, what it is to have a relationship with him? And and I was kind of sitting back and I said, well, yeah. And I <laughs> kind of, you know, told her, of course, I know like that he died for me. And and, um, you know, I know that I pray and I, I do read my Bible. And, and I said, and that's, you know, that's it. And I was very just like nonchalant about it. And she just sat down and she said, well, let's really go deeper, because I think you're, you've reached a point when you need to understand that personal relationship that you really need to grow now and and um, be walking in faith and, and you know, find out what it is that God has called you to do. What does he want to do through you? And that just kind of like blew my mind for a second. I thought, well, okay. So she sat down and she explained things with me. She went through scriptures and I came to this realization. I remember I just started crying and weeping because I could feel the Lord touching my heart and knowing that, um, he is real and he wants to do something with me and through me. And I hadn't really grasped that yet. And so I, I took hold of that and I, I rededicated my life to him. And from that moment on, I was ready to go. I was whatever God wanted to do. I wanted to be on board and and be the first in line to do it. <laughs> yeah, and you say ready to go. You're not kidding. You have a book out called Sweet Surrender, How One Step of Faith Changed My Life. Yep. Tell us, uh, I don't want to spoil the surprise. You tell us <laughs> where you ended up from Bob Cage in Ontario to where. So I went all the way from Bob Cajun to the country of Haiti. Yeah, and it was definitely a crazy adventure, um, which I write about in my book. Um, and it starts off the very first page. I'm on that airplane going going to Haiti, and I had no idea that God had something so uh, incredible for my life. And it was because I took that one step of faith that I was able to unravel what he had for me. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about that step of faith. What did it look like? And yeah, what did you have to do to actually take that step? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my sister was connected with an organization in Haiti. And uh, like I said before, I was the youngest of, of four siblings. And of course, growing up in a very small country town, I had never traveled anywhere, never been on an airplane. I was 20, 21 years old, never been anywhere. And she had uh, come to me and said, Ellen, I'm going to be going to uh, Haiti on a missions trip to see this orphanage that the organization she was associated with had. And she said, did you want to come? And I remember thinking to myself, I don't even know where Haiti is. What is that? I had no record. I had no idea what it was. So I, uh, I just said, okay, sure. That sounds cool. So I didn't even think about it because for me, it was more of like, I just want to get out and see something. I want to do something. And I had no idea that it was, um, like a, an impoverished country. I had no, I didn't know the history. I knew nothing. I didn't even know they didn't speak English. 
So of course I had people telling me, you know, you probably shouldn't go. It's kind of dangerous. And I was like, well, I'll be with family. My brother was going as well. And we had a couple other friends that were going. So I went with them on this 10 day missions trip. Um, but it was very, uh, it was very sheltered. We were very sheltered. We had a nice, cozy rented car. We stayed in a nice hotel. We went from the place, um, that we were staying at the hotel to the orphanage and back. We didn't socialize with other people. It was very just, I would say like a conservative missions trip where we were just protected. And so um, in my mind, I never really even liked it there. I thought, well, I'm, you know, just graduated from college. I have my career. This is fun. I'll, you know, send money for the orphans. This will be great. And I went back home. And a couple months later, our family decided to move from Ontario to New Brunswick. And I was looking for a job and I was a graphic designer at the time. And so I couldn't really find anything. And I just started praying. And as I was praying, it was as if God had just um, touched my heart in such a deep way. All I could see was like this sunshine. I could just, it was just like sunshine in and through me. And I knew without a doubt that he was calling me to go back to Haiti. And wow. the moment I felt that I was like, nope, I'm I'm not going there. Nope, <laughs> I, I don't want to do that again. I was there. I didn't really like it. It was dirty and smell. I was thinking of all the negative things that I did not want to participate in. And it was like, I don't care. You're going, <laughs> you're going and that's it. So I just prayed and I said, okay, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'm going to, uh, have you put everything in place. I'm going to step out in faith. You want me to go? I need this much money. I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to need a place to stay. So I did reach out to a, a lady that I had met there the first time that I knew was there by herself. And I asked her, does she need help? She wrote back right away and said, I've been praying for months. I need someone to come here. Please, if you can make it. So within, I think, a, a, about a two week period, I received all the money I needed someone randomly called my family and said, I have air miles. Does anybody in the family need extra air miles? And it was down to the penny of what I needed. <laughs> and I looked at that and I just kind of said, okay, like if this is what you want me to do, I guess I'm going to have to do it. And I was petrified because who goes by themselves as a 20 year old girl to a country like Haiti. And uh, I, but I did it and I took a step of faith. And when I did and I got there, um, it was as if the blinders came off and I was seeing through God's eyes and I just saw this most beautiful uh, land and these people and my heart just overwhelmed with love for them. And I was like, this is exactly where you wanted me to be. That's amazing. I knew you were called because you said, nope, no, thank you. And like, <laughs> that's how, you know, God's calling somebody to do something. They're like, nope, no way. Not doing that. Nah, yeah. <laughs> not, not for me. Uh, Haiti is an amazing place, incredible people there. It's special to me. I, uh, went shortly after the earthquake in yeah. 20, uh, 2010, I went three weeks after the earthquake to help with relief. I'm assuming then you were there during that time. Can you tell us a little bit about that and the, yeah, the experience of that devastation? Absolutely. Yeah. So I do write about it in my book. Um, so while I was there, I did, um, I, so I met my husband there who was Haitian and together we ran a ministry with um, with youth, training them and equipping them. And we also run a school there. Um, but during that period of time of doing uh, ministry, we were there for the earthquake and um, 
Actually, I really do believe that God saved us in that because we were in a very tall, narrow building that uh, afternoon. We were visiting my husband's family for dinner and uh, we were just sitting down to have some food. And then all of a sudden it was almost like this big crash. I thought it was like a truck coming into the building because um, it kind of shook. It was like a big crash. And then it kind of just you know, shook a little bit. So in our minds, we thought there was a huge accident or something. But then when it didn't stop shaking and the whole building, it was almost like spaghetti. It was like the whole thing was just going wobbling from side to side. And we all kind of stood up and we held hands because it was so strong, we would have fallen over. And I, the only thing that came out, I was absolutely uh, frozen in fear. And the only thing I could get out was, uh, Father, God, Father, God, Father. And that's all that could come out was just calling upon his name because I was just, I didn't know. I thought this was going to be the end. Um, the construction in Haiti is not uh, up to par in certain buildings. And the building we were in was like four stories high and we were on the very top. And um, the ceilings are like, you know, two foot thick of, of cement. And it doesn't take much for those things to just come and sandwich each other. And we were... Um, in there for it felt like forever but I think it only lasted for like 12 seconds or something and then as soon as it stopped we all just looked at each other and said run and we got down out of the building and that was um, not as scary as it was when we came out because when we came out that's when you saw the absolute chaos and fear and mass amount of people running in every direction screaming um, and it was kind of like a, I kind of went numb because I didn't know what to feel or think in that moment you see all these little kids there was a school behind the building we were in that had gone down and all these little kids were just running and there were motorcycles and cars and just people covered in in dust and blood and this lady pulled up in this car and she fell out in front of me and was just weeping and I, I just was beside myself. I didn't know what to what to say or do. And um, the ground was still kind of, it was like jello. It was kind of like just moving up and down underneath our feet because it was such a strong earthquake. So immediately we were able to get out of the area and go to a, a friend's house so we could stay safe there. But it was a, a very, very scary experience. But um, the, the Haitian people are so incredibly resilient and within hours they were already out in the streets singing praising the lord helping each other uh digging people out like it was all forces were were working together it was incredible to watch yeah that i was there a few weeks later like i said and you know they're living i remember like these shanties basically made out of like bed sheets and stuff right, right. But yeah, when we gathered in the evening, like the the worship and the praise, I just couldn't believe it from a, such devastation. This like heartfelt, you could tell like it wasn't a show for us, right? Like right. the people visiting, it was just a heartfelt worship. Um, yeah. How did that impact your faith, your experience in the weeks that followed um, and months? What did what did you learn about God and and yeah? Yeah, well, I mean. I, I'll be honest that I was a little bit um, perplexed after because I thought, well, how did I walk away with nothing, mm -hmm. like with not a scratch on me? And, I, you know, when you're looking around at the devastation and, you know, we, we walked around in the areas that were hit the hardest and you see the amount of dead bodies that were there, like it was a huge catastrophe. Um, you kind of have to stop and think, okay, like you feel blessed and you feel thankful that God, you know, saved you in that. Um, 
but at the same time you feel like you know like it's just it's amazing that I walked away with nothing not even a little scratch on me so for me it kind of um it empowered me or grew my faith I should say um to keep going because God's not done with me if if he was if he if I if my time was up then my time was up but it wasn't so obviously God wants to do more and so for me and for my husband we don't take any day for granted we um use it whatever days that God gives us to bring glory to him, to bring glory to his kingdom. Um, you know, and I say in my book, we all have, uh, a short amount of time. Like we're, we're a mere speck in the, in the timeline of eternity here. And, uh, God has something he wants to do in each and every one of us. Um, and for me, it was like, okay, he's, he's not done with me. That means there's more for us to do. So that grew my faith exponentially because, um, I don't take any day for granted now and this is, these are the days that he's given me, so I'm going to use them. Um, how, yeah. How do you continue to surrender and step out in faith then all these years later? It's like over, a, wow, it's almost 15 years since 2008. That's hard to believe. So <laughs> yeah, in that, in the, over the course of your faith journey, yeah. How do you continue to uh, step out in faith and, and what tips do you have for those of us who find stepping out in faith scary? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's be honest, stepping out in faith is scary and fear is always going to be there. It's never really going to go away because it's 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 part of our flesh. Like we don't want to we don't want to move unless we absolutely have to. And I think sometimes too um the enemy uses that against us. Uh, there's certain things that he knows that if we were to do it, um it would bring glory to God. It would bring glory to his kingdom. So it's best for that fear to keep us keep us back. Um but for me, it's saying yes it's constantly saying yes to God and um, looking for opportunities where I can um, be used by him. So for instance, you know, um, some people are sitting there and they're praying and they're asking God, use me, use me, um, you know, send me somewhere. Uh, and sometimes I feel like God is, is, is waiting on us to make that first move, to make that first step. It's like, great. I, I, I want to use you. What are you, how are you going to, how are you going to do that? And sometimes, uh, we, we, what we need to do is really just take those steps of faith, find the next reasonable step you can take in faith, do that. And see, does God meet me? Does he open that door or does he close that door? And then if that door's closed, I'm going to step in a different direction. Wherever I feel in my heart that God is calling me, I think it's important for us to be hearing and listening and praying, definitely praying, but also having action behind that. He loves that. He wants to see us step out in faith with action behind it. Um, and then I also would say, you know, of course, scripture. Use scripture because it's it's huh. our tool. Put it up on your walls. Um, put those those scriptures up that speak to you, and and read them every day, and use them, and and um, use that as you step out. And it, it fights against you know whatever is coming against us: anxiety, depression, all fear, all those things that the enemy tries to put on us. When we use scripture, it breaks it down. And when we say yes to God, doors open, and your life will be not the same when you do that. Trust me. Sometimes, you know, I find people, um, they're trying to make a big decision about following God, but they're afraid. Like, what if I make the wrong decision? Then he's going to be angry at me. But like, if you're trying to follow God, you can't make a wrong decision, right? If you're trying to be obedient yeah. and you're doing it in faith, he's going to make the way pretty clear to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, like happened for you. Absolutely. And God is 
such a good and awesome God. So, you know, if you're walking in faith and you're you're giving him yourself, you're surrendering your life to him, you're surrendering those uh, those issues or those problems or anxieties or whatever it is that you might be holding you back, you surrender that to him. He knows that. So if you go direction that maybe maybe isn't in his will guess what he's gonna still make good of it because that's how good he is he's going to redirect you and make good out of that situation somehow and i feel like in my life that's constantly what he's doing i might go in the in the direction or might feel like hey this is what we should be doing and we go that way and it's like nope it's not but something good comes out of it because god is there and walking with us and he's like you know what you're doing good but let's let's go back this way a little bit like he's so so good to us so there's never um never should be in our heads or in our hearts that he's going to be angry with us in any way because he loves us so much not only use scripture to help figure things out, but I'm guessing your book helps us kind of figure out the journey that we can take by looking at yours as well. Goodness, yes. So like I said, it starts off with me on the plane going to Haiti, and it's all my my whole journey of how I got there looking at Haiti through, you know, a North American perspective. There was a lot of culture shocks, a lot of uh, funny things that happened to me that I didn't really know about until I was going through them. A lot of hardships, you know, doing ministry um, in, a, in a third world country is, is very tiring, very hard, um, very taxing emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, and then, you know, throughout that process of um, all of the ups and downs of doing ministry, we had a child during that time. So having a child there as well, um, and kind of going through as a mother's perspective of what it's like to do ministry with a family in a different country. Um, and then um, just the ultimate end where I had to just give it all up because I was taking on everything in my own strength. And when I let it go and gave it all to the Lord, um, there was just a sweetness that came into my heart and into my life and which follows me to this day. And, um, you know, I, I end the book with basically some tips and, and some um, things to follow for yourself to step out in faith, but also end it with a, a positive note that I'm not done. My husband's not done. We're going to keep saying yes. And there's more that God's going to do in us and through us for Haiti. And I'm excited for what's to come, even though it feels as though we've lived a whole life and we're, we're still young people, but we're ready to go. And I'm excited for other people to read it so that they can also grab hold of their destiny and their calling and run with it because time is short. I don't know if anyone's reading the news and seeing what's going on, right. but this world is, um, it's not lasting very much longer, I don't think. So we need to step up our game and really start proclaiming uh, Jesus and his kingdom and all the wonderful things to come. <laughs> Tell us where we can pick up Sweet Surrender and also the best places to connect with you and follow along with what's up. Yeah, absolutely. So you can check out my website. It's my full name, ellenpierlouis.com. And on there, you can check out um, my a little bit of my story. Uh, I've got the book available. It's on Amazon, Amazon uh, Kindle. It's in um, Barnes & Noble. If anyone has those close by, I know it's more in the States, but there are some in Canada. Um, you can get it. Uh, goodness, all the options are there. Um, iTunes, I believe, as well. Apple. So Feel free. You can get the uh, hard copy, or you can get it on in ebook. And um, you can also follow me. I do have uh, social media on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me. I think it's E P E P Louis. I believe it is. Um, and yeah, looking forward to connecting with anybody who wants to talk more or hear more and 
encourage you to mention too you're, you're like your family had music ministry early on you still have music ministry that folks can find at your website too right I do. Yeah, I love to sing and love to write songs. So I do have a couple of songs on my website as well that I've, I, re- I wrote um, and they're on there and they're also available on iTunes and uh, hopefully be updating it with some more soon. But life is busy, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, it's a pleasure talking with you and highly recommend checking out this book and seeing uh, what God has in store for your life as well. Thank you so much, Ellen. Thank you, Mike. Thanks so much. Her joy is contagious, too. And I have a feeling uh, that the faith that she lives out, that's going to be contagious, too, if you pick up her book. Check it out. You can find, again, the details in the show notes. Don't forget, we would love it if you subscribed and followed the Connections podcast. It's absolutely free. You get brand new episodes every single weekday. Find it at uh, podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcasts from, like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on and on the list goes. We'll talk to you again on Connections.